Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion, the weekly Star Wars show brought to you from a galaxy far, far away. I'm your host Mark Asquith, co-pilot and navigator fixing that constant compressor problem. Who the heck added the compressor? I don't understand any of this. And joining me as ever is my co-host Mr. Gary Ehrlich. How are you doing this week, dude? I'm all good. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, that damn... Flipping compressor. Yeah, I'm all good and looking forward to uh, Star Wars Day as we ramp up to May the 4th. Got some cool stuff coming up which we'll cover in the news. But yeah, man, it's all good. Star Wars in it up. Nice, nice, nice. And I just want to say as well, it is Star Wars Day. You know what that means, dude, don't you? That means that this is our birthday show. This is our, I guess, I don't want to say 52nd show because that probably is going to screw us up because it's episode 54. But... We actually released on May the 4th last year, so oh, this yeah. is our this is our show episode, and then May the 4th, Star Wars Day, is our actual, actual birthday, so happy birthday, dude. Oh, crikey, do you know what, dude, I hadn't even, I hadn't even remembered that, yeah, we'll be going for a year, bloody hell. Happy birthday, man. Yeah. Happy birthday, <laughs> and we launched with three, uh, three episodes, which is why we're on episode 54, of course, and then we put the trailer out as well, so thanks to everyone that supported us. Uh, it's been a bit of a wild ride, it's always interesting when you start a podcast, because Anyone that's in podcasting, guys, as you know, in in in, um, in the podcasting space with the Big Blue Box show, it's 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 a long haul, you know, to build your numbers up, to build your audience. Like barely anything happens in the first year for independent shows that don't have a, a crazy budget to throw at marketing. So, you know, to get to get the numbers up and up and up and up and up, um, it takes a heck of a long time. And I think that's one of the interesting things about podcasting is that people tend to bail on it early. Um, obviously, you've not done that with a big blue box. We've not done that here with Sparker Rebellion. So here's to the next. Here's to the next four, five, ten, twenty years, dude. It's uh, it's it seems to be something that we're not. We're not getting tired of, which is good. Because, I mean, how can you get bored of this, man? <laughs> exactly, dude. Yeah, and I was, uh, it, when we first started doing this, I, I approached Mark, because Mark and I, those of you that don't know, we ran a, a a podcast many years ago about DC stuff. And that was all good. But as Mark said, it was one of those projects where we bailed on that, because although that got some decent traction, we just, you know, there was life circumstances involved and I couldn't commit and all that stuff. So we had to bail on that. But then we went our separate ways and we've been podcasting and stuff. And then when we decided to do a podcast for Star Wars, it was like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like we've, we're both busy because we've got full-time jobs and Mark does, you know, podcasting for a living. Does he want to spend even more time in front of the microphone and doing all that stuff? But I'm happy to say that as we've gone through the year, like you said, our numbers have gone up. Every time I log into Captivate and look at the analytics there, it's all green numbers all the time, which is great. And it's just been so cool, man. It's been, yeah, I, I was questioning whether we were going to have some fatigue for Star Wars, but uh, alas, no, it's been awesome. So uh, yeah, thank you to all of our listeners that have jumped on board and subscribed over the year and our patrons. It's uh, 
It's been awesome, man. Yeah, so here's the next year and however many years afterwards, dude. It's all good. Absolutely. Absolutely, my man. And actually, it was that DC show, Two Shots to the Head. Do you know what? There's something funny with this. Um, I'm actually drinking from a Spark Rebellion mug right now, and Sam's drinking from uh, the Two Shots to the Head mug that we got uh, <laughs> years ago. So that that's a, no. bit of a bit of a random setup. But it was the Two Shots to the Head show that got me into podcasting. Like, that was the start of a massive career change and setting up a few different businesses. Like, that was the catalyst. So, I, I, you know, I owe you one for that, dude. Thank you for that. It, you pushed me in, <laughs> I don't want to say the right direction, but you definitely kicked me in the ass. same for me mate yeah it was uh after doing that show i jumped onto the doctor who and expanded that show and stuff and now we're doing it here so lovely times all around I love it. Well, listen, thank you to uh, to all the patrons, as, as Gaz says, and everyone that tunes in every single week. It means a heck of a lot. You can, of course, join us over on Patreon. Go ahead and check out patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. I almost forgot what it was then. And you can also check us out on the socials as well. It's uh, May the 4th is our birthday. and We'll try and get some 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 tweets and some bits and bobs out on the socials. But look, if you want to say happy birthday, find us on social media, whichever channel you like, and just drop us a little note. Maybe send us a little gif. Who knows what we will receive in the virtual mail. Now, we've got a busy week as normal. We uh, There's always some news. Like we always thought it was going to kind of die down after Rise of Skywalker. And it just, it kind of hasn't because everything, everything's gone crazy. Clone Wars, we've got Mando, we've got um, stories of new sagas, we've got stories of old characters coming back potentially in new guises, new forms and new mediums. So let's get to the news in just one second. But before we do that, Gaz, quick rundown. What's your week in Star Wars been, dude? Week in Star Wars has been relatively quiet, to be honest with you. The only couple of things that I've done is continue watching through the Clone Wars stuff. So um, I can't say that I'm any nearer to Series 7, but uh, I'm still uh, plowing through that. So probably within the next couple of months, I would say. Probably by mm, uh, maybe the end of May, sort of midway through June, I should be up to speed and cracking on with Series 7. But I'm going through that, and that's awesome. But I've also played a ton of Battlefront 2. So when we recorded last week... When we stopped recording, I jumped straight on there and chucked a, a, chucked a few hours into that, which was great. And then the news that we've got coming up, that kind of was like, oh, crack, you crack on and and do a, a ton of, of Battlefront 2. Not that it's going anywhere, but in the state that it's in now, it's um, that this is like the final form for it. So, yeah, I've just been reminiscing and going back and playing a bunch of old characters that I've not leveled up for ages and doing that stuff. So, yeah, it's just been uh, Clone Wars and Battlefront for me, dude. What about you? Nice, my man. Very nice indeed. It's been Clone Wars for me, man. It's um, it's been an interesting week with that. I'm sort of, I'm like you, but like not getting through them. I think I'm even still on season one because I forgot there was like 252,000 episodes per season. So <laughs> now Ethan at work, back to Ethan. Hello, mate. I know you're listening. So Ethan at work, now every week we have a little Friday beer and catch up. Ethan has water because he's only, uh, he's only young. He's only 17, bless him. So he, he just consistently tells me how good Clone Wars is. I'm like, are you kidding me? So <laughs> now, in my little head, I'm thinking to myself, do you know what, Marco? Why don't we do a Google search, not for chronological watching order, but Star Wars Clone Wars essential episodes to watch so that I can just bin off like 90% of them. I just feel like I've got to get to season seven. Um, so that's, I think that's what I'm going to do this week is kind of maybe finish season one off and then just like, um, look at some of the, um, 
the more interesting storylines that feature Ahsoka and Anakin and Obi-Wan and um, mm. some of the, um, I think probably some of the mall stuff and the Mandalorian stuff, but it's just, man, there's a heck of a lot of it to get through, you know? Whew. There's loads, yeah. I think the Mortis stuff is quite good as well. Some of those episodes are pretty good. Um, yeah, they are. Yeah, it's probably worth a Google, mate, just like, yeah, the essential ones from each series. It's probably about three or four, maybe five from each series that are like essential, that are like the, the good ones, you know. You'd think it'd be like you said, it's the Mortis stuff for Anakin. It's got to be some of the, the Satine stuff for Obi-Wan and Ahsoka's trial. And mm-hmm. you've got to think it's like the Mandalorian stuff, but also things like Yoda's journey and, you know, some of that stuff. And oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. maybe even some of the stuff with Fives and, 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 and that, that batch that, that were trained up at the beginning. Like, it, it, yeah, the, this is the thing. It's like... When you put it all together, then you start thinking, well, wait a sec, actually, the only ones I should probably skip are the filler episodes. You know, like the one random episode where, you know, Padme goes off to the banking clan and it has no real impact apart from the Anakin <laughs> look jealous. You know, like, let's just, yeah, yeah. let's skip that one. <laughs> so, yeah. Or the when they land know. on that planet with the, the Scottish little sloth-like things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah like, exactly. Okay, yeah, you can skip that one safely. <laughs> That was like the back in the days when you watch any TV show for a long time and you could always tell, it was the same with Smallville, It was you could always tell after about a minute whether it was going to be a filler episode or not and then you get <laughs> so disenchanted that you'd skip to the end just in case they dropped a stinger for the next episode. Exactly. And it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'll skip some of those, dude. But hey, look, you've been playing a lot of Battlefront. That's something that I'm looking forward to uh, to digging back into once I've got over my COD Modern Warfare addiction. Um, but let's dig into that with the news because you've been picking up Battlefront 2, um, and we had a big update this week. So we've got a pile of new things. We've got the Scarif map. We've got Darth Maul with his fancy cybernetic legs. We've got Palpatine released there with his uh, with his fancy new red robes. And, of course, <laughs> we've got some other things like um, we got Rey with her. she got her own lightsaber now, hasn't she, in Battlefront 2, uh, the orange one. And a few other maps as well, a, new, a few other kind of locations, Hoth, Tatooine, Yavin 4, uh, and a few kind of different locations from the Star Wars saga. Uh, but this, the big news here, of course, mate, is that this is the last update. It's, you know, it will be maintained. The servers will continue. We'll still be able to play this. Uh, Battlefront 2 isn't going anywhere, but... There'll be nothing fresh coming down the wire. So, as a big Battlefront 2 guy, dude, where are we sitting with this one? All right with this? Are we good with this? Uh, yeah, I think this is a good a good way to close it all out, I think. Uh, I think um, when we when we first were introduced to Battlefront 2, we had a bit of a rocky start, didn't we? We had the whole, um, I think there was a big backlash towards EA because they had the whole loot box thing and that was not sitting pretty with a lot of people. So they, they withdrew that and then that just scarred it for a while. It felt like it was just a a bunch of bad press and stuff. And then as we've slowly gone through the years, I say the years, like it's been out forever, but you know, over the last couple of years, dice have, um, have continually updated it really, which is great because in all fairness, they didn't have to, they, they didn't have to do all of these updates for years because they've all been, they've all been free. You know, every single update, I think, bar a couple of of the early ones have been uh have been free updates and you have to obviously you have to grind for some of the stuff you know especially the new one you mentioned the new uh, darth maul skin uh, that's a real grind to get that one you have to get five thousand kills as darth maul to to nab that which is crazy so um but yeah other than that they, they've they've brought the game from what was initially a bit of a flop in the first six months because of all the bad press to a a real solid game I mean, I know that it's a little bit buggy here and there and people complain, but overall it's a, it's a really enjoyable, 
great, great Star Wars game. So they can't keep doing that forever, mate. I think if they keep if they keep updating and doing releases for this, that takes the focus away from whatever they're going to work on next. And we assume that when the next gen consoles arrive at the end of the year, at some point, probably twenty twenty one, maybe the year after, we're going to get a Battlefront three hopefully. So it would be great just to pump all of the resource into that and make sure that that is going to be a much better launch than the, in, a, in comparison to Battlefront 2. So yeah, I'm happy with this, mate. I think this is a good, a good solid sort of closing of the circle for those guys on Battlefront 2. And um, yeah, it's just a really solid, enjoyable Star Wars game, man. It's really good. Yeah, it is a solid game. Do I remember playing the campaign and, and it's it was one of those things where I got it after getting Battlefront, Battlefront 1 and thinking, oh, God, I hope there's an actual campaign that's decent. And the campaign, even though it wasn't, you know, if you're measuring it against other very famous, amazing campaigns, it's not the best campaign in the world. But as a Star Wars fan, number one, it's a shooter. Number two, it's full of just wildly rich lore that you can really dig into and that really adds to the story. Um, and it, it it's... You know, I've not done as much on the multiplayer stuff as you have by any stretch, but it's one of those games that I know that I can just throw on and play 10, 15 minutes um, and get deeper and deeper into. And what, what I'm fascinated with with about this kind of setup is, like you said, they don't have to do these updates. It's like with the Modern Warfare stuff, or it feels like it's the way forward, like this cross-platform game, and, you know, I can play with anyone on PS4 or Xbox, and even the PC guys can come in and kick my ass. And it, I just like the way that 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 kind of approach has been opened up over the last 18 months where not only do we get this cross-platform nature, but we also get, like you said, you know, companies that don't have to put out as much as they do. Sure, they probably had to bail it out a little bit in the early days. But like you said, they didn't have to carry on doing that. There was no need to do that. Um, mm. So I'm, I'm fascinated by that kind of, this new approach to gaming. I think it's very, very, very interesting. So here's the next-gen consoles. Looking forward to that. I think I'm going to make the hop to a, to a PlayStation from an Xbox, you know, controversial. Ooh, um, but I think ooh. I'm going to go back to PS for a while. What are you going to get? Are you going to go PS or are you going to go Xbox? No, I think I'm sold on Xbox, dude. I think I'm, uh, yeah, I think the overall power uh, will give us a better performance for stuff. However, I do like what their PS5s are doing with their um, SSD stuff. I think, don't want to get too techy, but <clears throat> the tech that they've got in place to move assets in and out of the hard drive and stuff is going to have like zero, almost zero loading times for for games and all that stuff. So I think performance-wise, it's going to be a beast. But I don't know, man. I think uh, just what the Xbox guys are doing with Game Pass and and all that stuff. It just and I love the little design for their towers. We don't even know what the PS5 looks like yet, dude. But the the Xbox Series X, the little tower, the little it just looks so cool. Yeah, yeah, it does look pretty badass. And I, I'm the same with you with Game Pass. In fact, my uh, I've got a month of Game Pass that expires like this week. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to debating what to do with that one. Like look out for some deals online for it. I don't want to pay like 11 quid a month for it right now. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to try and find some deals on it because it really is an interesting thing uh, that they do that. Like you said, not getting too deep into it, but also remember as well, Xbox clouds coming. If you look at, um, if you follow Dan, Danny Pena, one of the, um, he's a fantastic podcaster and sort of, you bump into him at conferences all the time. Really good, solid guy. Um, a lot of fun and, and just very, very good at what he does. Um, he runs Gamer Tag Radio, just did his thousandth episode, and he's got um, testing an Xbox Cloud account. So he's got his Xbox, three, uh, Xbox 360. He's got his Xbox One controller <laughs> hooked up to his phone, and he can play it on the plane and stuff. Oh, um, that stuff, yeah. So he just, yeah. Yeah, dude, it is badass. It is badass. So what an exciting time for that. But... 
Alas, we could talk about that forever, but we have to move on to some other... I'm, I don't want to say mega exciting news, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to approach it positively. I'm just, you know, I get jaded. <laughs> <laughs> so Disney Plus, May the 4th, Star Wars Day. We know that, of course, there's a pile of stuff planned for May the 4th. Inevitably, there always is. There are always some surprises. Will we get some announcements? Will we get some new movies announced? Will we get some new series announced? Will we get some new books or games or comics announced? Who knows? But the one thing that we do know is that the Rise of Skywalker will land on Disney Plus on May the 4th. Now, there's a couple of ways to look at this one. Number one, you can't polish a turd. Number two, oh, this is nice. So I'm going to go with the latter. I'm going to be nice. And the reason I'm going to be nice is because one of our patrons and an all-round great guy and friend, Mr. Pascal Fintoni, is listening. And he told me that he feels like crying when we don't like the sequel trilogy. So I'm going to be real positive. And Pascal, much love, dude. I don't want you in tears on this fine Saturday coming up to Star Wars Day. So, May the 4th, we'll get all of the deleted scenes and the extras, you would imagine. Everything's going to be dropping on May the 4th for The Rise of Skywalker. Obviously, 4K HDR, which everything seems to be 4K HDR where they can feasibly make it. In fact, I noticed last week, dude, you'll have seen this because you've done the MCU rewatch, but dude, even Iron Man from 2008 is 4K HDR. Badass or what? Um, <laughs> looks really good. So really, really just, here's where it comes. Rise of Skywalker is out on May the 4th. It's a little early. You know, it's only three months after it finished its run properly. Um, it was still playing in some theatres in February. So it is fairly early, but we will get the whole saga, 4K, HDR, on Disney+. Plus. You going to watch it again, dude? I certainly am. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to hate on. Uh, I don't want to hate on on uh, on Rise too much. We, you and I, have said. Well, we've been in meetings where we both said it. Don't don't rake up all grapes. <laughs> uh, we've gone through our uh, disappointment uh, for the for this film. We're not going to go into that. However. I do think it's cool that they, they're going to bring this forward because I'm pretty sure that this wasn't due to come. This wasn't due to land on on uh, on Disney Plus until June, I think. Something like that. May, uh, sorry, June or July. I'm, I'm sure I read that months ago that that's when they were planning to, to drop it. So it's great that they brought it forward for Star Wars Day. And I just think it's nice. You know, it's... um, uh, They're... I don't know. The cinema runs obviously done for that, so they're not making you know they're not making any more revenue from that anyway. Even if the cinemas were open, I think the the, the run would have been done anyway. But um, yeah, I just think it's cool that for Star Wars Day that they were going to have all nine films. Whether you like Rise, whether you don't like it, at least you've got everything there to binge if you want to. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, it is cool, man. And and let's be honest, they look they do look outstanding. There's no doubt about that. Rise of Skywalker is cinematically beautifully shot. It's beautifully set. It's, it's stunning uh, from that perspective. So yeah, it, it will be nice to be able to watch them. And they all do look fantastic. I've not watched the prequels on there yet, but I've watched the original trilogy. And like 85% of that looks like it could have been shot today. You know, that's how good these things are. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it from that perspective. And look, that's not the only thing coming to Disney Plus on Star Wars Day. So, geeks like you and I, you know, we, we, we're not only looking forward to eh, the Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> but we've got the Clone Wars. The last episode of the Clone Wars is coming out on May the 4th, so they're moving it from Friday next week, which is when it normally streams, to May the 4th, which is fantastic. And, of course, we've got the Disney Plus premiere of uh, The Mandalorian Disney Gallery, kind of behind-the-scenes documentary. 
So this is all amazing stuff. Like I said, we'll see maybe some announcements as well. But the other cool thing that they're doing is for geeks like you and I, like one of the biggest things is the concept art. We've talked about it a thousand times. We've talked about the big coffee table books that we get and we love seeing and the idea that Mandalorian uh, includes a lot of its concept art and its post credits. Well, now Disney Plus is kind of honoring that. So on Star Wars Day, May the 4th, uh, StarWars.com released just a, a little teaser. I don't know if it's everything, but certainly a, a fair chunk of a teaser because what they're going to do is the movie art for every episode or every piece of Star Wars content where it's reasonable. You know, you get kind of the background image at the top of Disney Plus or Netflix and it's the, you know, it's the kind of, uh, it's the preview of the content. Well, that is going to be original concept art from each film or from each property. So as an example, you're going to get a New Hope concept art on Disney Plus on your giant ass TV screen from, of course, Ralph McQuarrie. You're going to get Doug Chang's artwork on there and you're going to start to see these big, beautiful pieces of concept art from every single one of the Star Wars projects, including including the Clone Wars. So if you look at the link that we'll put in the show notes, the one that really catches my eye, obviously each one of them looked fantastic, but the one that catches my eye is the one that's kind of Star Wars overall. It's by a guy called Jason Palmer, and it's got everyone from Empire Strikes Back Yoda through to Kylo Ren. It's got Padme, it's got Obi-Wan and Anakin right in the centre of it, which is totally badass. And it's even got Ahsoka Tano in there. So it's really... Very, very well done. Very, very interesting, high-concept stuff. And, dude, it just looks stunning. I don't know if you've seen it, but it looks fantastic. Yeah, it certainly does, man. And this is only a small thing, it, but but it just adds to the whole the, the whole vibe of Star Wars Day, May the 4th. And, yeah, like you said, we've got I've got a, a three or four books of Ralph McQuarrie's early concept art, and it just, it just warms the heart, man, when you see a lot of Ralph stuff. And the other concept artists that they've got to do um, – to do some of this artwork as, or they've pulled from the archive, should I say like Doug Chang, he's a, like a bit of a mastermind behold the, the whole visual creative side of star Wars in general. And some of that work as well. And like you said, um, the, uh, the whole star Wars thing, the Jason Palmer, uh, collaborative, um, uh, piece of art is just beautiful, man. So I think that's the one that's So when you just go into the star Wars category on Disney plus, that's the one you're going to see. And then when you go into each individual film, they've, uh, They've pulled them out. The Empire Strikes Back one is really nice. I had that image as a wallpaper for years. Back in the day, it's Luke, uh, who's about to get crushed by the um, the ATAT from his snowspeeder. It's a really, it's just awesome, dude. And I think it just adds to the whole experience of being May the Fourth as you browse through um, Disney Plus. You just got all this fabulous uh, artwork. So yeah, man, I love that they're doing this. It's only a small thing, but it's just so cool. I love that. Yeah, it really is badass. And they, they, they really don't need to do it. Like, it's one of those interesting things where they, they just genuinely do not have to do this. Um, you know, they could get away with not doing it. And no one would worry about it. But they, they, they're doing it not only for the fans to, to look at something awesome, but because it's Disney Plus, of course, it's a real big benefit for Star Wars fans to get sticky with Disney Plus. And, you know, rather than putting the Blu-rays in the box, we're going to actually log on to Disney Plus and have a look at this and maybe watch the content on Disney Plus. So... Yeah, dude, I think it's I think it's very, very interesting. But that's not the only thing coming on Star Wars Day. As we know, the convention season has just been crazy. Obviously, Comic-Con's cancelled. We've got all, all of the, the major um, conventions, you know, all the things that you would expect to be at and, you know, all the things that we get excited about where announcements are popping up and so on and so forth. Sadly, they're all cancelled. But um, 
it's not to say it's the end of the world because we're starting to see a lot of virtual things taking their place, which is amazing. Um, so what we're starting to see is is the guys behind Star Wars Celebration is a company called Read Pop, and this is according to Superhero Hype. Um, the organization are going to be putting out an online kind of virtual conference, um, two days of it called An Online Revelry. May the 4th be with you and Revenge of the 5th. So two days <laughs> of this and they've got some you know fairly heavy hitters in from Star Wars lore in particular the Clone Wars and Rebels so you've got um, people dipping in like Ashley Eckstein of course Ahsoka Tano uh, and Vanessa Marshall who played Hera Syndulla um, but basically what's going to happen is on May the 4th we're going to be doing things like a Star Wars Episode 4 New Hope live tweet and in partnership with New York Comic Con. Then there'll be a Q&A with Ashley Eckstein. There'll be a live tweet of the Star Wars Clone Wars finale. There's going to be another Q&A with uh, Vanessa Marshall, of course, the, the Harrison Duller actress. Then there's going to be a Rebels Watch, another live tweet, and then we're going to talk to some authors. We're going to do a live tweet of Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. So you're getting, like in one solid day, you're getting the finale of Clone Wars live tweeters. You're going to go uh, do a kind of run through of Rebels, but you are getting the entire original trilogy uh, live tweeted. And then the next day, of course, it's Revenge of the Fifth, which is hilarious. <laughs> and we're going to, of course, do the live tweet and the watch of Revenge of the Sith. Uh, that's that's courtesy of Florida Supercon. And then there's a few other things as well, like some RPG playing live. There's a comics roundtable, Rise of Skywalker live watch, and just piles of other stuff like live streams from Jedi Fallen Order. So this is pretty cool, man. I mean, it's... It's one of those things where you kind of, you know, you see people making the best of the situation and you just think, you know what, fair enough. This is really solid. They've got some big players in Emerald City Comic Con. You've got New York Comic Con in there. Uh, these aren't small fry. These are big players in that in that space. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty cool initiative, you know, in lieu of getting together and being together in Anaheim or wherever Star Wars Celebration may or may not have been this year if they did anything. This is not bad. You know, it's, it's fair play for him to, to put this on, isn't it, man? It's, it's, it's quite <laughs> exciting to see this. This is not bad at all. No, this is good. And anyone that's a Doctor Who fan will know that they've done similar things to this over the past two or three weeks, or past two weeks, where somebody who was, somebody who was involved in the show or the, or the magazine, they, uh, they rallied some people that were actually starring in the show and some of the writers, and they did a live watch-along and a tweet-along and all that stuff. And it's great fun. It's great fun to be involved in that in that virtually, but in in terms of Star Wars, this is a much bigger a much bigger thing to organise. So you have to you have to say fair play to Repop and and these other um, convention companies, like you said, New York Comic Con and and those guys who are who are big hitters. You know, outside of San Diego Comic Con, these are the other big ones that if you were in the US, you would you would absolutely go to. Um, so Emerald City Comic Con and Florida, I've heard of those over the years. You know they are, they are big big dudes in this space. So for those guys to arrange all of this stuff with some of the big the, the big stars as well, like Ashley Eckstein and and uh, a, a bunch of Star Wars authors as well from the um, from the Del Rey books and the comics and all that stuff, it must be a nightmare to coordinate everything virtually and get everybody on board to, to do this schedule. So fair play to those guys. I'll probably dip in and out of some of this stuff, dude. I probably won't have time to to be glued to everything, but um, we'll stick a link in the show notes to the, uh, to the links that you can go and check out for the schedules and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's happening right. Well, it's in the U S isn't it? So I don't know what 5 PM UK time by the time you listen to this podcast, if you listen to it today, uh, but no, it's a cool thing, man. I like it. I like it. 
I like it. I like it. I like it. Okay, let's shift on. Let's move on to a character that is kind of, you know, it's, it's almost an Ahsoka-esque character where, you know, when characters just start as these kind of throwaway little kind of plot points or maybe even a MacGuffin at times, but then, they, they, you know, they take on their own life. Ahsoka was one of them. We had no idea Ahsoka was going to just turn into the, 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 the revered character that she is. Well, another one of those types of characters straight out of Kieran Gillen's Darth Vader comics from Marvel is Dr. Aphra. Now, Dr. Aphra, if you're unfamiliar with it, I'm, I've only maybe read 25, 26 comics with, it, with her in it, but the premise of the character is that she is sort of a, an Indiana Jones type of character, a bit kind of a, a take on Indiana Jones cross with Han Solo, which is, I know the irony of that is hilarious, but it's it's kind of this, this adventurous kind of, um, morally ambiguous character that kind of ends up working for Darth Vader, hunting Jedi relics down, um, kind of helping him on this quest with um, finding Luke Skywalker in certain in, in certain places. And what is apparently reported is, so we've heard a couple of things about this character. Apparently the character is making the jump from the comics into a live-action series. Now, I've got kind of mixed feelings on that. It's, a, it's an odd one. And we talked about this before uh, a little bit the source of the mixed feelings. I think we talked about it a couple of episodes ago, which is for a character like this to make the jump, there needs to be a hook. Because, you know, unless you're a Star Wars fan, and even if you're a Star Wars fan and you don't check out the comics, like you probably aren't going to be too keen on diving into a brand new series starring someone you've never heard of. So we talked about this challenge. What do what do Disney do with Star Wars post-Skywalker saga? And we said, of course that for anything else to stick, maybe they need a little hook. So we know that the Cassian Ando series has got various hooks coming, which we'll hopefully talk about later on the episode. But apparently the hook for this series, this potential season, is Darth Vader. Apparently Vader, the kind of weird friend slash enemy, kind of frenemy that Dr. <laughs> Aphra makes in the comics. They kind of build up this really really bizarre friendship. It's quite interesting to watch because Afro is scared to death of him, but at the same time, she she kind of pushes him. Um, apparently, Vader's going to be in this TV show. Now, I it looks like it's from a reputable source because apparently, according to We Got This Covered, this has been leaked by the same person that leaked some of the Star Wars stuff on uh, Rise of Skywalker and the Ahsoka cameo in Mandalorian, which obviously we, we know the former is correct and the latter is yet to be confirmed, but we assume is correct. So it seems fairly stable. What do you make of this, dude? Is it the right place to bring Vader back? Is it a good idea? Is it a bit questionable? Or is it just, you know, what what are you feeling with this? Hmm, I'm not sure, dude. I haven't, um, I haven't got an opinion either way at the moment, to be honest with you. I think until we know more about the story and how Afra links into some of the larger plot points that's going on, I'm not quite sure because we. it would also depend on the timeline. I think some people are, are pointing at the... Uh, when Vader does come into the Afra series, it will be earlier than the Mandalorian series. So I'm not sure how that's going to link into anything, if it does at all, into any of the larger narratives. But I think, yeah, it depends on how, how big a role he's got as well in the story. If it's a if it's a one-page sort of blink and you miss it, then you can question whether it's worth doing at all. But if it's, if fade is going to be an integral part of the, the, um, the next, the next Afra stuff, then, then yeah, it could be really cool. It could be really cool. 
But yeah, I'm just not. I'm also sort of divided on the Afra character as well. Don't get me wrong, she's very cool. She's a very cool character, but it feels like they're they they've built up a lot of steam for the character, and she's been very popular. Uh, almost to the point where there's talks of of having her own show right on Disney Plus. So I think in terms of comic book fans, she's it's done very well, and uh, they've built up some momentum there. But yeah, I'd, I'd hate to see that sort of build up a, a bunch of steam, get Vader involved, and then it kind of goes nowhere. So as as long as there's like a, the the I'm sure they have. I'm if as long as the creative minds behind this have got a bit of an end goal in mind, so the destination is going to be really cool and link into some great stuff on on Disney Plus, perhaps then yeah, I'm all up for this. But if it's just a bit of a Vader's in it as a cameo for the sake of it, just because he's a big character, then that could be, um, yeah, not the best use of, of Vader. But could be cool though, dude. Could be cool. Yeah, it could be. It could be. It could be. And, I, you know, I'm interested in the time period, as you mentioned for this, because it's obviously pre-Return of the Jedi. You'd think it was probably pre-Empire Strikes Back because you would assume that, rather than starting fresh with concepts, what they would do is draw on some of the comic stuff that has been done by Kieran Gillen. And if that is the case, that could become quite interesting. But you're absolutely right in what you're saying, that if, if Vader's only there as a cameo just to kind of get the marketing team moving, then that does pose some problems because he's such a big character that would, you know, he requires everything to be very well considered. You know, any 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 sentence that Vader says, people are going to overanalyze, they will they will really link it to mythology and lore and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It just becomes one of those things where you have to tread very, very carefully. Um but that kind of leads me on to another train of thought, and I, this is just speculating, but we know that there's so much untold Luke Skywalker stuff. And it just makes you think, you know, is it are we going to start to see a little bit of that sort of stuff? You know, because, you know, we, we don't, apart from the comics, we don't really know what happened between A New Hope and, and Empire. Um, you know, we've got some knowledge kind of from a few books and from the comics, but if they're starting down that path and putting it in that time frame where Vader is seeking out who this guy is that blew up the first Death Star, um, it, it kind of it, it, it sends you down a potential rabbit hole, doesn't it, where you end up with Luke Skywalker being recast and then that leads to a pile of mixed feelings around, wait a minute, no one can be Luke Skywalker except Mark Hamill, but then at the same time, wait a second, look at all this really good storytelling potential. Mm. So it's it's yeah. kind of this weird, like the saga characters feel like they're in this weird place at the minute. Do you know what I mean? I, exa- I know exactly what you mean, buddy. Yeah, it feels like the guys at the story group, like Doug Chang and those other guys that oversee all that stuff, have got to be on their they've got to be on the ball, haven't they, with this stuff? Because the minute that you start, um, like you said, dipping into that time frame of stuff that we didn't see in the in the films, but they want to explore with books or comics or whatever, Disney Plus, uh, the, the, like anything, and I've, I've said this so many times, like anything to do with Star Wars, the characters and their motives and why they're doing stuff and how that links into other characters has got to be at the forefront of it. You can't just can't just work up a star wars story because a particular location is really cool or we're just exploring this story because you know around the time of a new hope and an empire that's just a really cool era of star wars that's just a really cool thing so we'll just dip in and out of that and and do what we want it has to be the character stuff has got to drive that and if there's no decent justification for doing that from the story group's point of view then they've got to rein those those guys in otherwise we just end up with this spaghetti junction of 
of what's going on. And that's the last thing you want because one of the complaints that people had around the rise of Skywalker is there was so much going on and not enough explained that people were just lost. And then when Lucasfilm tried to patch the holes up afterwards by putting all of the trivia stuff out on tweets and stuff and Facebook, everybody was like, this is great and it's lovely, but it would have been really nice to have all this information at the time so we knew what was going on. So it, it, you're right, man. It, it's uh, it could be cool and everything, but the characters have got to drive where the, where the story goes. It can't just be because you know Hoth's a really cool planet. Yeah, and and I think like you said, that's where some of the stuff in the sequel trilogy kind of fell over because it was it was very much based around set pieces. And don't get me wrong, the set pieces are stunning, but you know they're not they're not narratively solid. And you're completely right with that one, dude. Uh, one thing that is very, very solid, of course, is the Disney Plus TV setup. You know, all we've seen so far is The Mandalorian. So, you know, it's got a fairly solid 100% really good track record as Disney Plus when it comes to its new Star Wars TV shows. However, however, apparently we're in for a little bit more. So Sam Witwer, uh, Doomsday himself, and of course... Just general Star Wars geek and all-round involved in everything a good guy. You know, he was everything from the games to the TV shows to the animation to Solo, a Star Wars story. Like, Sam Witwer has been involved in something, somewhere, for a long time. But a lot of people, of course, know him as the voice actor behind Darth Maul. And apparently, he's kind of gone live and told people that, you know... This is going to be a really sweet Mandalorian Season 2. And he's got some pretty decent chops for this. He's a geek like you and I. He understands the law. He works very closely with Filoni, um, who, you know, is 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 the spiritual successor of George, George Lucas. Um, and apparently this is where Wit was coming from. So he's told comicbook.com that the things that Filoni, and this is quoting comicbook.com, the things that Filoni has got coming for The Mandalorian Season 2 are going to blow people's minds because he's inherited that instinct that George Lucas always had, apparently, for Star Wars. Um, and just really, as we know, we've talked about this before, you know, Filoni, and even it seems people like Favreau and, and, and uh, you know, a few of the people working on The Mandalorian really get what this Star Wars universe needs to feel like and the types of stories that need to be told and what really ticks fans' boxes whilst also being very, very good for the general viewer. And... You know, it sounds like, according to Whitwer, we're going to start to see some fairly big surprises. We're going to start to see some fairly um, Star Wars-y things. You know, this is going to feel very much like Star Wars. And to kind of top that little tale off, Pedro Pascal, who, of course, plays The Mandalorian, he said that this is, you know, the same thing. He said, The Mandalorian Season 2 is fantastic, but I ain't saying a word because I want you to go into this with the same awe and surprise and wonder that you went into season one so dude this is sounding promising you know oh, i love this man i absolutely love that i love the people behind the show i think that's really what's making it exactly what it is which is it just feels like pro it, i don't know whether to say that or not uh it, it it feels like proper star wars and and that's a bit of a that's throwing a bit of shade towards the um the sequel trilogy but I don't know. I think because because Dave Filoni is involved and some other people that were so uh, just connected in such a creative way with George Lucas himself, you can just see that that pours over everything. You know, all of the just the the feel of the show and just the 
the storytelling and how it's paced and and all that. It, it just feels like George Lucas has got some sort of spiritual um, sort of. Inf- I know he was obviously physically involved to a degree, but it just feels like George Lucas is sprinkled over everything, and that's down to people like Dave Filoni and stuff. So the fact that these guys are saying that series two is going to be amazing is going to blow everybody's minds. That's so good because series series one was was amazing as it was. So if they can top that and keep going, and I know that they've announced series three already, which is great. So if they can just keep that formula intact, if they can just keep the right people doing the right stuff, then this could be, yeah, this could be awesome. And I can't wait for series two. When is it? October, is it? October or November, I think. Mm-hmm. October, yeah. it's uh, Which is kind of interesting. That's a little earlier than, than I expected. Um, but yes, it is. It's apparently coming out in Disney Plus in October. And, you know, as, as you said, this is this is very exciting. It's in you hit on something perfect there, which is it is about the feel, and that was the main problem for me with some of the sequel stuff. Is that it just did, it felt like a big budget Hollywood movie, not like Star Wars. Um, and I think, as we said before, it was just the touch of George Lucas that wasn't there. It was just that, like his little finger in the pie. <laughs> yeah, we need to just stir it this way. You know, just stir way. it this way. Yeah. Uh, right, too many right cooks. Yeah. Too many cooks, George. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's it. You carry, yep, yeah, Willow. Yeah, you should definitely go and rewatch that. Yeah, yeah see you later, <laughs> see you later, George. Like, you know, that sounds like that was the thing that was the problem with the sequel trilogy. It's just that that lack of direction. But the Mando, Clone Wars, all this stuff that is kind of, I don't want to say legacy, but it does feel legacy when you've got um, Pablo Hidalgo involved in everything, who's the kind of the overall creative guy behind the story group, and you've got someone like Dave Filoni. It feels like that legacy is still continuing, like there's hangovers from that trilogy, uh, sorry, from the, the legacy. What I'm really curious about is what happens after Clone Wars, um, what happens after Mandalorian has inevitably run its course after, what, five seasons? I would imagine it'll, it'll go on for at least five seasons. Um, but we shall see. But nonetheless, October, it's going to come around quickly, five months away. It's going to be pretty sweet, according to Sam Witwer and, of course, Pedro Pascal. So we've got that to look forward to. Speaking of people that have played Darth Maul. This was a very pleasant surprise. I was browsing superhero hype the other day, as I inevitably do, having a little gander, looking at what was going on. And who do I see pop up on the front page? Bloody Ray Park. That's right, Darth Maul himself, the badass, probably one of the hardest people on planet Earth, Mr. Ray Park. So he was the guy that played Darth Maul, of course. Um, You know, he was the body of of Darth Maul, the face of Darth Maul. And he, he was the one that, you know, kicked... Qui-Gon's ass and he was the one that kicked Obi-Wan's ass until Obi-Wan pulled that little stunt and (laughs) guess what he's back he's back so for Star Wars season 7 Ahsoka and Maul have this big old duel on Mandalore you know Ahsoka's gone to say to him ah 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 Molly 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 no chance you're not having Mandalore I'm gonna stop you because I've grown up now and I'm a lot taller so let's throw down (laughs) they do throw down but they mo-capped this entire fight with Ray Park in a mocap suit. Like, they motion captured an entire lightsaber fight for a 25-minute animated episode on a streaming service. This is insane, dude. This is insane. So I don't know if you've watched the video, but it is absolutely badass, mate. It is badass. So go and check it out. Stick the link in the show notes. But I'm blown away by this, mate. Yeah, dude. <clears throat> when I saw this as well, I was like, "Oh, crikey!" They've mocapped. Uh, um, this is um, 
And also, if you're going to mocap Darth Maul, you have to have Ray Park, obviously, because he's got all the chops and stuff. Did I tell you my Ray Park story? <clears throat> Excuse no. Me. So I've, I, I, I met Ray Park um, about three years ago. I think he was he was doing like a, you know, at um, London Film and Comic Con, he was doing an appearance there where you could queue up and you could pay to get your autograph. But he also did a photo shoot as well. And I was running late getting into London. So I thought, crap, I've got my Ray Park photo booked i think it was for half past 10 and i I walked into the venue i think quarter to 11 10 to 11 and i thought well this is i've missed it because the schedule is really tight so i legged it upstairs to the area where i knew the photo shoot was and i could see ray park in there and the shoot had finished and they put the barriers up and stuff and i said to the to the girl that was um uh he was managing the thing for that queue and stuff i said i'm really sorry i'm run i'm running really late I hope I haven't missed it. And she's like, I'm really sorry you've missed it. You know, we've, we've closed up. Ray's going to have to go and, and do something else. And he popped around like they have like these big uh, dividing sort of boards to sort of um, close all the areas off. He, he popped around and said, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Just come in, mate. That's what he said. Come in, mate. Come in. So she was like, all right, and you can go in. So I went in and I was the only one there. And apparently he had like 40 minutes until he was going off to his next thing. So we had the photo and stuff. And then he just started talking to me like like he knew who I was or something he because we had the photo shoot and then he sat down he's like so what are you up to for the rest of the day then so I said oh, I've got some other photo shoots and stuff and he was like oh cool so you're from here and we just started talking and I started asking him some questions about some obvious obviously Star Wars and stuff and asked him if he's and I asked him at the time I was like do you have anything planned for Star Wars is Darth Maul coming back and this was when they had this was when he had filmed the the scene at the end of solo but that wasn't that news wasn't privy at the time and he didn't he didn't uh, explicitly say to me yeah i'm i'm coming back i'm going to be as i'm you know Maul's back at the end of solo he just had like a little grin on his face and just said uh, well uh, probably pro- he, he actually said probably not darth Maul's probably not coming back but because he said it with a little smile on his face i was like oh okay but dude that was awesome i was so lucky that day because anyone that's been to a comic on like the San Diego one or the big London one, whatever, you'll know that if you've queued up and you've had a photo with somebody, it's literally like three seconds. Like they throw you in, you have your pose for three seconds and then they, they throw you out and that's it. That's the only literally three seconds you get with that person. But I was so lucky to sit down. I think it was about 15 to 20 minutes in the end. We just sat down talking about what's going on there and star Wars and stuff. So yeah, Ray Park's my bezzy mate dude but i love the fact that he's um that he's coming back for this or has come back for mocap that's so cool dude that is a sweet story i love that and as you were telling that i'm imagining like him just dressed down but at the same time you know he's like he's just ray park he's just ray park he's just ray park but if you insult him he will ray park your ass yeah dude. you know what i mean he's yeah. like he's like legit he's the he's legitimately someone that could kill your face in three moves or less so Absolutely. I love that. Absolutely, man. He he was dressed down as well. He just had jeans on and, and T-shirt and stuff. But he's such a lovely guy in terms of, well, from my experience anyway, if he's got time, then he'll give you the time, if that makes sense. Like a lot of a lot of actors and stars and stuff, they're so like, you know, no pictures, no, I don't want to talk, you know, can't say anything. Yeah. And they're just, you know, but he was just like, just sat down and he was, he, he was just so open with me, like a complete stranger, you know, a fan. He'd never seen me before in his life. But because he had time, he was just like, yeah, don't worry, man. Let's just sit down and have a chat. So it was really nice. But I could tell that if I insulted him, 
then yeah, I'd be on the floor in a bloody mess within like, you know, five seconds. Oh yeah. And he'd probably go into like third person Darth Maul talk, like no one insults Maul. All right. (laughs) All right. But what a, what a legend like that. I love stuff like that. It seems to be the case with a lot of Star Wars actors that they just, you know, they get into this knowing what they're getting into and they're not, they're not like, oh yeah, I'm just going to do this one movie and then I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm going to alienate the fans because look at me, I'm an actor. Like they, a lot of people that get into Star Wars as, as actors really seem to know what they're signing up for. So that I think that's really cool, man. And for once, for once, mate, your tardiness actually paid off so well. Then you can tell the missus that it does pay to be late, actually. Exactly. I've used that a few times, mate. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it got me... Uh, Got me behind the scenes with Ray Park. Uh, I met Michael Parkinson and uh, Cliff Richard. So, who's the joker now? Old Cliff. Right, One of the Cliffy, you old yeah. slag. <laughs> 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 Can you imagine saying that to Cliff Richard? Maybe he would go uh, Ray Park. Maybe he would throw a few kicks around. Do you know what? Actually, this so this, I think, would make an amazing sketch. Like, people <laughs> that you don't know that are black belt ninjas at something and people that have got no right to look like it so like you said like tom jones you know you walk up to john jones you think this guy he's a bit old he's pushed in front of me in the kebab queue i'm gonna nip around the back of him and say oh tom jones i know you are but this is not on can we just have a word and he instead of being like oh i'm sorry about that he actually just beats the crap out of you with a lettuce because he's like (laughs) some Never publicized black belt ninjutsu mofo. And he just he just happened to make his money singing, but otherwise he could have been a pro at that. Oh god, yeah. I, I own G- in Gino's. Yeah, come on, what are you doing? You're like taffy apple, get out of here. And then that's it. A couple of backhanders and yeah. He's like, This is what I did to the people from Catatonia. They talked to me badly as well. Look what happened to them. I'm like, all right, Tom Jones. I'm only having a kebab, you know. Bugger off. Gonna get some chips. Gonna get some chips as well, but I don't think I will, you know, the man of my age. Gotta keep on top of things. <laughs> Not in Geno's, mate. Well, You'll that, have a ticky uh, tummy the next day. Yeah, don't go to Geno's. Have to take a day off. That uh, <laughs> that took a turn, didn't it? But like Alan Partridge, um, I think we've come up with an oh, idea for the next oh. season. <laughs> ah Tom Jones, ninjitsu, kebab shop. Yes, Lynn. Tom Jones, yes, in a shop. Great. Note this down, Lynn. I'll tell you what. Come on, Jurassic Park. <laughs> Jurassic. She the game last night. Which one? No idea. Amazing. <laughs> oh, listen, dude. This is uh, the news. This is the news, and we are finally being able to get to the review and discussion section because we're, you know, we're running fairly on time, which is brilliant. So there's not been as much news in the previous week. So a big shout out to all our patrons before we get into the review and discussion section. Thank you for supporting us. It means a heck of a lot. We're a year in. Uh, we want to do a heck of a lot more with Patreon. Um, inevitably, we can't send any merchandise out. So to fill my home with Derek, uh, you will get your sticker as soon as we can get back to the uh, the office in the studio to get that mailed out to you. But if you want to join the Patreon tribe, if you want to become part of the Spark of Rebellion crew, of course you can do that at patreon.com slash Rebellion. Now, that old Cassian Andor series that we've been talking about, guys, is uh, shaping up to be fairly exciting now. So you and I have, have talked about this. Like, are we really interested in this? Uh, the time frame kind of seems interesting. Um, it's It's got that problem where it's Cassian Andor, which, don't get me wrong, in Rogue One, in the context of Rogue One, he's brilliant. But, but it's Cassian Andor. You know, he's not a big player. He's not a big A-game player 
person in the Star Wars universe. So, you know, it feels like it's going to be a bit espionage It feels like it'll be a little bit, you know, probably treading that grey area that some of the books tread, which is, you know, the Empire, from the Empire's perspective, are the good guys. You know, the Rebellion, from the Rebellion's perspective, well, they're the good guys. So, it sounds like Disney have clocked onto this, that we are going to need a little bit more help. Similar to what we talked about earlier with Aphra, maybe featuring Vader as a cameo. Not only are we going to see what we saw last week in the news, Stellan Skarsgård, Denise Goff and Kyle Soller all being part of this show, but of course you've got um, people like Tony Gilroy from Rogue One also involved in it, but what they've announced this week is very, very interesting. So Genevieve O'Reilly, who played Mon Mothma, not only in Rogue One, but also in Revenge of the Sith, very, very briefly, obviously uh, much more prominent in some of the deleted scenes. So Genevieve O'Reilly is back as Mon Mothma. So this is this is proven to be very connective. You know, we've seen Mon Mothma in The Clone Wars. We've seen her in the original trilogy. Um, we know what happens to Mon Mothma in some of the books after the original trilogy takes place, uh, the pivotal role that she plays um, on The New Republic and, and, and just everything around Leia's story. But we now get Mon Mothma in the early days of the rebellion in this Cassian Andor season. So this is this is quite exciting, dude, actually. This this adds a bit of gravitas to this season. It certainly does, indeed, because we were kind of in the clouds a little bit with this one for a while. We just we knew that it was coming, the whole um the Cassian Andor thing as a series, but we just didn't really know who was gonna because it was a strong guess, an educated guess that we would have some other characters from Star Wars pop up. But we we had no idea who that was going to be. We didn't know who was going to lead the writing team and and all that jazz. So the fact that we've got some more information now actually fleshes this out a little bit. It's not the biggest uh, information drop, but it does flesh out um, some. Yeah, and like you said, it gives it a little bit of of gravitas, a bit of um, authority, if you like, because Mon Mothma being the character that she is, hugely important um, in in the especially the. Uh, uh the the bigger films so when you when you drop when you drop the name like that it's everyone's mind just starts ticking over it's like oh how is she going to be involved what's going to happen and also just overall i think rogue one's a really interesting thing to explore as well because in in one respect you can say that it's a bit of a it doesn't really get talked about an awful lot especially when you're going through the um when you're going through the motions about the films, the saga, you don't really talk about it too much unless you're talking to somebody about a, a watching order. You're like, well, I'm going to do episode one, two, three, and then episode four, five. Oh, no, no, you need to include Rogue One in that. Oh, yeah, we'll do Rogue One and then episode four. And then that's about, that's your lot, really. So it, it's a really interesting thing to um to pick one of those characters out of there and explore that a little bit more. So I think this this is uh this is going to be a good one because um the mando hasn't let us down thus far and they drafted in some really talented people to head that up and it looks like they've they're doing a similar thing for this so tony gilroy who's now gonna he was involved in a lot of rogue ones sort of early development stuff so he knows the he knows the the, the um the characters very well and knows the story inside out but the, some of the writers that he's drafted on board as well because so he's going to be showrunner basically he's a bit like Filoni he's going to oversee uh, a, a bit like um Favreau and Filoni for the for the Mando he's going to see the uh, oversee this stuff and um, they've got people that have written for um, House of Cards 
the Americans, Nightcrawler, that sort of thing. So the talent is definitely there, dude. And I think this could be a, another belter. I really do. Totally agree, man. And I think if 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 they if they take that line of moral ambiguity, like we said last week, I think when we talked about it, you know, your, your first exposure to Cassian Andor, who's a good guy in air quotes, you know, is him killing mercilessly, killing someone so that he can escape. Um, someone who was on his side, you know. So it's yeah, I, I, there's there's definitely some of the interesting stuff from the Star Wars extended universe that could be pulled into this in terms of just thematically. You know, like I said earlier, that that moral ambiguity, that um, that idea that from the inside, actually, the Empire are doing the right thing. You know, th- there's a lot of that that could be done, and I think when you potentially mix that with the grit and grime of, you know, Rogue One, when we saw the stormtroopers in the trenches in Solo, I think when you start to take that approach to it, it becomes something that's quintessentially Star Wars that, that is somehow manages to feel fresh as well and yeah. you know when you kind of juxtapose that against the Mandalorian which is, is quintessentially Star Wars but feels familiar and whilst it's fresh in terms of characters and characterizations it's actually it's like putting on some old old slippers you know it's very comfortable it's good <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it it's brilliant we love it but this the Cassian Andor season it, it does it does stand a chance at being able to feel like Star Wars but add something very, very fresh to it. So here's a question for you. If we've got Mon Mothma back, do we think old Jimmy Smith is coming back as Bail Organa? Think he'll make a cameo? Ooh. Um, I'd love to see that, dude. I'd love to see that. I think, mm, yeah, why not? I reckon so. I think if it's going to run for at least a couple, if it does well, which we hope it will do, it's going to run at least, on average, that that shows run for at least three seasons. That's more than enough time to explore that and, and draft some other characters in. So I'm going to say, yeah, dude, why not? What about you? I think we will. I think it'd be very difficult to, because of the role Bail Organa played in the Clone Wars, uh, Bail Organa played in Revenge of the Sith, um, even in Rebels, you know, shipping Leia off to do all sorts of bloody errands and, you know, all that kind of stuff and getting involved with Fulcrum, which is another fascinating mm-hmm. thing because yeah. Fulcrum's around in this time zone um so i think it when when you're talking about the early stage of the rebellion because the rebellion you know began almost immediately at at the end of revenge of the sith you know the talks that the deleted scenes between padme and mothma a few of the senators and of course bail organa um and when you look at rebels obviously that was three four five years pre rogue one and each cell was an individual cell. They were operating independently, just fighting back, and it was Mon Mothma and Organa that pulled them all together into a rebellion. So I think it would be very, very, very difficult for them to do something with Mon Mothma, with the rebellion, without without showing what Bail Organa is up to. So yeah, I think there's a fairly strong chance we'll see that. Yeah. Um, I've got a question for you, buddy. Well. Yeah, I've got a mm. question for you, quick one. Do you think that the character of Cassian Andor is strong enough to carry a series or multiple series? That is a really good question. And the, the honest answer is I'm not sure yet. And the reason I'm not sure is that we've seen him in a in a, a strong but supporting role in Rogue One. But then it was a strong but supporting role in a giant movie. It's not like it was a strong supporting role in a B movie. So I'm not sure. And I, I wonder if what they'll do with this one is, is fill the cast up with other people that will make it make the show really desperately strong. So, you know, like um, 
like we said before with Superman or Batman or whatever, you, Superman in particular, you generally cast someone that's a little bit more unknown in the role of Superman so that it looks like Superman and not the actor. And then they fill the rest of the cast with real heavy hitters. You know, that's what they tend to do with that role. And I wonder if they'll do something similar here where, look, we know Diego Luna's a great, great actor. You know, we've seen him do what he does. But will because they've brought Genevieve O'Reilly in, maybe they'll bring Jimmy Smith in. They've got Stellan Skarsgård, who's an absolute, you know, an absolute beast, mm. a behemoth in this in this industry. It makes me wonder if that's what they're going to do, at least for season one. Uh, my, my gut tells me that he probably can carry it because someone like Pedro Pascal, he's a very similar type of actor. He's done a little bit more that we'd recognise, but he's a very similar type of actor and the character does all the work for him. So I, my gut tells me he probably could if the writing's right. What about you? Yes, I agree. I think if the script is, is good and and the stories are good and his character can be fleshed out enough that we form some kind of attachment to the character, which we kind of did in Rogue One to a degree. And that leads back to what you were saying earlier about that moral um, ambiguity. As you know, Even though he's fighting the good fight, there are still times where he has to do sort of slightly naughty things, I suppose is the best way to put it. And uh, yeah, if they can if they can expand that a little bit more and, and explore, you know, the depth of the character and how the, how he relates to these other big hitters that they're going to bring in, then I think it could do. I think it could do. But it, it does really rely on a solid, absolute solid script for him. It can't just be a, you saw this guy in Rogue One, now we're just going to rinse and repeat. You know, we need mm-hmm. to dive into more. We need to see a lot more of that stuff. I would bet that we're going to see Ahsoka as well, dude. I think that the fact that Fulcrum plays such a giant part in the Rebellion and that Rosario Dawson's being cast in The Mandalorian, I, if you're Disney, what you're trying to do is build a universe that's uniquely yours on Disney+. Plus. Um, and I, I, I don't think this is accidental. I think I think it's a, a part of a, you know, a, a Marvel-esque plan because, because of what's happened with the sequel trilogy you know, they've got another bite of the cherry with this. So I think, I don't think it's a surprise that we've seen a lot of rumours about things taking place during Skywalker saga times. And I think it, I think we will see Ahsoka. Um, even if it's just teased, I think we'll start to see the words fulcrum. I think we'll see Forrest Whitaker, the Saw Gerrera. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think we're going to see a lot of that stuff ultimately on this season, um, on this series, sorry. And I, I, I think it will be one of those where, because what they're doing is sort of reverse engineering an entire narrative, aren't they? You know, they they plugged a new, uh, sorry, Rogue One right before A New Hope, and then they plugged the Rogue One prequel right before that, and then they're plugging this right before that, which also kind of takes place at around the same time as Rebels. And so they're kind of reverse engineering this narrative. So I wouldn't be surprised if everything's connected. You know, if they do say, well, this Mandalorian thing over here, you know, the this 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 is what happened here for this to happen here or here's how the dark saber got to there or you know not those exact exact examples but it strikes me as a narrative thread that they're trying to build um which i'm not against at all you know me i, I love connectivity dude yeah same man they need a bit of mcu uh approach to it where they just you know in the early days of mcu where you had rumors and rumblings that things were connected and then at the end of hulk like tony stark turns up and you think holy shit that's this is this this really is connected this is cool it needs to have those that kind of very subtle layering, I think, to begin with in these early seasons of these Disney Plus things. And then as they ramp it up, then you start to really get into the connected stuff. And there's such an opportunity to do that on Disney Plus. 
you can pretty much do what you want to a degree in terms of where, where you progress your timelines and where your destination is you can can do what you want with that stuff really so massive opportunity for disney to nail that whole connected thing and i think you're right i think ahsoka will turn up yeah well we shall find out when the cassian andor series premieres on disney plus in the near future so listen dude that's a wrap that's uh, that's been a nice little episode that Thank you to everyone that's joined us on this anniversary episode. It is our birthday on May the 4th. So thank you to everyone that's joined us over this last year, past 54 episodes. We've had some some fun. We've had a heck of a lot of a good time. And we'll be back continuing this through to year two and beyond. So thank you to all our patrons. Thank you to everyone that supports us on social media. Thank you to everyone that helps make the show possible. Just people that let us do this thing in insofar as uh, you know not killing us when we spend an hour on a Saturday morning recording a podcast you know so friends family everyone that's involved in this thank you so much uh, and Gaz of course happy birthday dude thanks for uh, thanks for a great year my man yeah happy birthday to us man it's um I'd completely forgotten so without you without you bringing this up man I would have just cruised through and not even and mentioned it so um yeah thank you so much to you buddy for um for uh, immediately jumping on and saying yeah dude I'll do a Star Wars podcast man any day that's sort it out so uh, thank you to and thank you to all of our listeners just echoing Mark's, Mark's thoughts here thank you to everyone our patrons everybody it's been so cool so massive thank yous all around massive thank you love it well listen everyone out there enjoy Star Wars celebration on May the 4th have a really good time with it enjoy it stay safe and sane wherever you are and it's a goodbye from me and Gary I will see you next week, my man. I'll see you next week, dude. Enjoy Star Wars Day, everybody. Stay safe and may the force be with you always. <laughs>